Welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson here today, joined by Tim the Freedom Marion O'Connor. Oh, hey, I'm here, man. I, I, I'm prepared last minute getting ready to be like the host that everybody expects me to be. And guys, I'm going to warn you right now. I, I don't I don't think I can do it tonight. But but I, oh, man, I t- Tim, yeah. tonight's our night to shine, right? Like we have some guests. Like, they, yeah, yeah possible guests. guests. Po- uh, almost certainly almost. we have some guests. Right. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm sure sure it's going to happen. But you know, we're we're just there's there's an opening in the primetime spot of Fox News. If they if they're looking for someone, you know, just just some everyday guys to to fill that spot. I'm just I'm just saying, like oh, we right. we could probably find a way to make ourselves available. That's yeah. We're gonna I'm, I'm we've sure. got to do it, Kevin. We've got to yeah, do it. That's they just needed. We need you know that they could probably use a little a few more libertarians on that network. Because also they have Kennedy. Kennedy's great. Kennedy is great. But. Got uh, Gutfeld says he's a libertarian pretty regularly. You he know. sometimes is. Yeah. He, 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 look, he, you know, we, we'll cover it in the show. Yeah, he's, he's... This thing about Tucker is pretty exciting. Yeah. I'm so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that and, you know, his whole thing. And I, you know, folks in libertarian circles have opinions on these things as like they do for everything. Um, yeah. And mostly they look to craft opinions that argue and disagree with other libertarians which is just just amazing any you know they, they we've covered most of them but anytime you get into you know like what's your views on the age of consent i'm like just shut up like just yeah. just shut up that is not that that just everyone just shut up about the age of consent it's ridiculous it's ridiculous some ridiculous libertarian said something stupid thirty-seven thousand years ago and like now it's every single conversation comes up. Anyway, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. No. No, not the intent either. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about New York State floating the idea. Not not proposing, just floating the idea of maybe we should ban all cigarettes. Just uh, just, just a trial balloon. They used to call those things trial balloons back in the day. They just yeah. put it out there. Because we love you so much. We're going to ban all this. Because they care. Because they care. You know, and. I'm know, just just, just a little bit of enforcement, just a, a tiny bit of enforcement, just because because they 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 want us to live. The Eric Garner School of New York State Enforcement for Tax Evasion, like nobody wants that kind of enforcement. Yeah, that's it. Well, somebody might. Well, uh, but I, we'll talk about. It. So we'll talk about that. We're, we're going to talk about uh, some possible university speech issues. Uh, maybe we'll get to that zoning discussion that. We promised yeah. before I, I bailed to go be a dad for a minute. Which was uh, awesome of you. Like, that was great. Everybody was really impressed. I told my story. You missed the story about the gold, Kevin. Like, I, I did, I, did I run it by you? Did you no, know? You did, yeah, you, you kind of told me about it in the beginning okay. before the show. Yeah, just so. so you know, don't go gold mining and gold panning in New York State. It's just not worth it. The king comes and confiscates it. It all belongs to the governor. All of the gold in New York State belongs to the governor it's it's the law that's it it goes so we'll we'll get to all that and of course if you have any other things to share any other things that you want to talk about or just add to the conversation leave your comments we're we're live here so do your thing y'all know how it goes um so we're gonna get started in just a second and after i silence my phone so the chirps don't end up in uh the radio broadcast starting in three 
Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. All right, welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Baron O'Connor. I'm here. I have a new nickname. I'm, I'm going to call myself P.T. Bigglesworth. Tim P.T. Bigglesworth, the Freedom Variant, Roads of Freedom, O'Connor. <laughs> It just really rolls off the tongue there, it's like nice. just so smooth, like a great brand name. That's that's gonna fit on a business card for sure. Um, yeah, it's 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 gonna be great. Um, so we we got a we got a bunch of folks, a bunch of uh, topics to talk about today, folks. Uh, thank you if you're joining us here on WYSL on the Thursday evening broadcast, or if you're listening live. On Tuesday evening, Free Solution Facebook page, Free Solution YouTube channel, the Kevin Wilson pages, the Tim O'Connor pages, wherever you're listening today. So glad that you're here. And so we're going to talk about, we'll talk about the Tucker Carlson stuff a little bit. Maybe sure. Don Lemon. I don't know. I don't care about Don Lemon. Um, but Don Lemon is so bad. Like, look, I, I'm not even a huge fan of Tucker, but like, I don't know what's going on. I, yeah. I have no i don't even have any working theories but guys for the the radio show and for for our viewers out there online i'm gonna make something up you know that <laughs> gonna make something up oh yeah it's yep, the, the absolutely. best kind of show and, and so we'll talk about that we'll talk about the uh the governor maybe floating the idea of banning cigarettes altogether. talk about some university speech issues maybe we're gonna have a discussion about zoning so you, you're gonna want to tune in for that if, you, if you're just like yeah i'm just jazzed for a discussion around like zoning like stay tuned Oof. we're here to deliver that for, for all of you out there. guys we're we're gonna make it sexy and interesting and libertarian because i'm gonna tell you some things about zoning that's just gonna make your ears burn yeah there, i mean there, there's definitely a certain type of libertarian who's like yes yeah no zoning let's let's go i'm ready for it let's start it now no y'all gonna have to wait good yep. stuff good stuff comes at the end there uh, no, we're going to talk about Tucker Carlson stuff first just because it's it's interesting. People are talking about it. He's already got a new job um, by the time this brought. I don't know if you saw it, but I guess he's going to go to OAN uh, as a right. news director right. there, which not not surprising. Like any conservative network would want to take that guy. Like regardless of what you think of him and his opinions, and I, I certainly have opinions on that. Uh, he draws a big audience. You know, it draws a huge audience, and like, look, I do, I do want to hit hit an area where Tucker and I are in in absolutely wonderfully perfect, nearly perfect alignment. He he, for for a conservative and for a guy on Fox, has been very outspoken about um, lack of oversight with the Ukraine war. He he basically, I think, could be in the categorization of of he is against this this whole issue of, of the way we're handling ukraine and and i know he's doing it for ratings but still it was a welcome kind of discussion to be heard from a, a guy with a big audience you know uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, 
Yeah. At, like, like Ben Shapiro. He's like, sounds like a libertarian right up until he says, like, we should be bombing more people. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm not quoting him directly, but. No. Well, that's uh, that. That's my thing is like, he's not, ex ha he hasn't really been consistently anti-war, you know, which maybe he could be get, getting better on. But also it, it's, it, my, my like madness about that is kind of the same weirdness about other folks on the right with in relation to oh and and like the, the like noam chomsky type folks it's yeah. that it's like it feels more like they're like criticizing the u.s than really being principally anti-war and it kind of oh. comes off as like a apologia for 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 russia like we're like they're, they're making excuses for like their part in participating in this conflict and trying to shift the blame on the u.s for Sometimes partisan reasons, sometimes ideological reasons, like the partisans, like the right wingers are like, ah, this is really Joe Biden's thing. And like, he's the one causing it. And like, oh, yes, but also not the only one causing it. And that's important to look at. And then like the, the left wingers and some of the libertarians are, are kind of ideological where they're almost reflexively anti-U.S. to the point where they end up becoming apologists for russia for venezuela for china it's, it's a weird thing that happens among particular libertarian and left-wing circles I, i'm actually i'm very comfortable with the point you're making there kevin i want to be very clear that that perhaps right that some of tucker's anti-warredness was actually just anti-bidenness in disguise and it was like perhaps lacked a certain amount of genuine uh, hey, I'm anti-war, and here's why. He he was like, you know, criticizing the deep state and criticizing Biden in relation to Ukraine. So I think I think the point you make is very fair and actually very pragmatically libertarian. Which I think, regardless of how crazy I get with my conspiracy theories, I think you and I are voices for pragmatic libertarianism. What do yeah. you think about that? No, yeah, I, I think that's. Oh, I mean, of course, we think we're reasonable. We're we're the real libertarians here. But, <laughs> really? Only no, real but, libertarians. I mean, and really, I, sometimes I worry about you, but you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, but yeah, no, we we try to take that approach. We're like, okay, what's what else is going on? How do we like win people over? And and not that everyone's trying to do that. Some folks, I mean, some folks explicitly aren't, but uh, they're like, we we don't care. Like, we're just gonna do what we think is right, and you know, who cares what anyone else thinks? But you know, just just on this. On this front in particular, like I, I just on foreign policy, I try to keep in mind the U.S. often is not the good guy in foreign policy. That does not mean the other side is the good guy. Uh, they they are often the bad guy and often worse in different ways. Sure. But, there, you know, so like the, the, my anti-war stance kind of uh, uh, encompasses all of that where nuanced right and people yeah. have a really hard time with nuance in this day and age not not our audience not our friends not the people that are listening to this radio show but nuance in conversation people lack it. it's like hey just because i don't want more war doesn't mean i'm like hey putin's a great guy or you know like we have conversations that just get too too sketchy you know that yeah it's either or right we're, we're this binary programming that we've been subjected to since I don't know forever probably since the advent of social media it's either or maybe george bush right that either you're with us or you're against us thing society is polarized and, and it's it's real it's tangible and it's palpable so like i say something for example like 
guys, I hate what Hunter Biden did, but I think most of what he did is 100% legal. They're chasing a process crime. All of the stories coming out now, blah, 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 that probably Tucker was amping up this last week, right? Like, these things are not real. It's a way to get you to react. It's a way to make you invest in their stuff. It's a, a way to make you buy Bud Light. I don't know. Like, it, it's just, this is comes back to that reactionary binary mindset, man. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. So, and and just to to re put it back into context for anyone who might be just joining us, like the the whole reason to talk about this is there's some folks who are who are debating the legacy of Tucker Carlson who had left Fox News. You know, he's again the most popular host by far on that network. Um, sort of surprising that it, it seems like he left suddenly. Like he didn't have a big goodbye moment. I think his last segment was him eating pineapple pizza. Um, right. So that's you know not. Not exactly a high note to leave on, I guess, or, or maybe it is. I don't know if you're, you're a big pineapple uh, pizza fan, but it's it seems like it was sudden. Uh, their Fox News was uh, a little bit vague. They thanked them for a service and said, yep, we're, we're parting ways suddenly. Um, and I don't like people are speculating. Is it over like the Dominion lawsuit thing? Fox just got kind of creamed on that. Yeah, and... I mean, Fox. It, like what there's what they're alleging what uh, what i'm seeing the left allege right is that tucker allowed disinformation to be spread with his participation in allowing people to lie about the domain and guys like look kevin and i were pretty like i we're not buying this real this this voter fraud dominion programming kind of even though i kind of wanted to i'll be honest but like yeah. something about it didn't really make sense to me okay like it was fun to kind of joke around about but it, apparently now it's been proven in court that Dominion, you know, machines are not readily programmable from a centralized office that they actually effectively are, they're not connected to the Internet in a way that allows vote tallies to be changed. So a lot of the things that people were, were going on about about this last election were in fact false. And it just cost Fox like three quarters of a billion dollars. Yeah, $787 million. Woo, man, yeah. that's a I mean, and yeah, and, and Tucker Carlson's role, to, to his way, like he, he kind of questioned like, he, like Sidney Powell was on the show uh, or what he was talking about Sidney Powell and kind of denounced. Yeah. Um, the Kraken, right? As, yeah, she, it, just, just because like, it's like oh, some of this ain't really adding up, like you, you're going to need to do a bit better type of stuff, right? But also would imply... Uh, that you know maybe there is some truth to it, even though he had private messages where he's like, ah, I don't really think there's anything to this. So it's kind of one of those things. And th this is something like every every host, but especially if you're at a position like he is, faces pressure to do to try to cater to what your audience wants rather right. than like say what some of the hard truths are. And you know it's 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 tempting like everywhere, right? Like we'll, we'll you know, do yeah. do we ever pull punches on the show? We try not to and. <laughs> And, and I used to get phone calls when I wouldn't all the time. But, you know, it, it's it's a pressure that you face, uh, like, no no matter what. Um, and, you know, did he do a bit of that? Maybe. He was also talking a lot of trash about, like, executives in text messages, too, uh, apparently, which may have contributed. But say that again. He, he was talking a bit of trash about, like, some of his, uh, like, the higher ups at Fox. Oh, yeah. So I, can, like, I can yeah, see that. Yeah, that. that's part of what came out. And, like, you know, like. Which again, 
I'm sure there are some listeners out there who may have said something like mean about their boss in a text message to a friend or a colleague. Uh, but but if you're if you happen to be involved in a major news organizations and then subject to a lawsuit where your text messages can be, you know, uh, pulled up by yeah, yeah produced yeah, uh, produced as evidence, yeah, yeah no then way. yeah, that's it's not great if it comes out in public of you talking trash about your boss i think that tucker um although not the worst one of them is is a a like news media has long and regularly actually participated in hyperbole conjecture fear-mongering and ego stroking okay now they do it in subtle ways which was why i made a joke about saying almost certainly tucker carlson is going to be on our show tonight and and the reality of it is is that i didn't lie i said almost certainly and now guys he he's not scheduled till the last segment so like 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 let's hang in there all right like let's not give up on this possibility but but the, the point i'm trying to make is that they do this deliberately to get into your id and manipulate you into watching their show and buying their products and guys i don't know probably all of our audience has been through this training about false advertising and stuff like that like but i i don't know like i wonder has has that been lost on everybody yeah that's part of it right like just know like your that whatever like news you're consuming they're, they're trying to often get you to be emotional about uh some sort of like topic right in in one yeah. direction or another and because they recognize that the emotions related to a policy issue can be more powerful than any particular facts associated with it, right? Again, this is not exclusive to Fox. It is is a thing. Savvy folks across the political spectrum do, um, except for the libertarians who just like shout nerdy facts at folks, uh, and it doesn't work for some reason. I'm um, telling you, it's like, look, honestly, Fox isn't even, you know, like CNN does it, MSNBC does it. Like, it goes back to where they they wrote that law where they they made it legal to put propaganda on the news and it's been propaganda ever since basically that yeah well that's like the, the like the voice of america stuff right like you, yeah it used to be illegal to have that stuff in the u.s yeah um, and now and, it's legal and look at these jokers all they do is spread pop propaganda all day long yeah well i mean like yeah. you, they don't even have to like do it in any like malicious way like you, you think of like what, what ends up happening quite often depending on who's in power and how that organization feels about who's in power is like are they just repeating whatever the government statement is about that issue right and and some of it comes down to like laziness and, and I'll, I'll talk about this in relation to like local reporting sometimes where it'll be like hey your news story literally just reprinted what the police said to you and it was worth questioning whether or not what the police said is truthful or manipulative where it'll say something like like young woman shot. Okay, who shot the young woman? Why are you using passive voice? Uh, you dig into it a bit. It was a police officer who accidentally shot a, a, a person who was not involved in the crime scene. They had, you know, were trying to uh, shoot someone else and hit someone. Like, and like, I, I'm I'm making up a vague example, but when you start to see it, when you start to notice it, there's stuff like that all the time. And on the local level, that's often what it looks like. Yeah, and we and we yeah, Sam on YouTube says reliable sources close to the matter have said, dude, this one 
like especially during the Trump administration, just oh gosh, absolutely yeah. bonkers stuff. Like this is COVID. an anonymous source said, like, okay, okay, yeah, but like, thanks. Who? And is it real? Did you fact check it? Do you have other sources to corroborate this? Do you have other like hard evidence to be able to show folks? Like, right, Kevin, it's it's the seriousness of the allegations that that's why we have to present it as news. We don't where where there's smoke, there could be fire. There with with this kind of smoke, there's definitely fire. That's that's kind of how they would play this game, man. The my local newspaper got so anti-Trump because they were like trying to have a relevant online presence, so they knew. Bash and Trump in their op-ed, their editorial op-ed, where the editors of their paper would write op-eds about Trump that were just malicious malarkey, repeating like the craziest left-wing things out there. And and they'd get like a hundred responses and then they'd post something about like, you know, yeah. congratulations to the Skinnebus girl soccer team for winning and they'd get zero responses. So they would, they would say, made bank off of like well that's what it is like i mean the the thing is making people mad generates a lot of engagement you know like again the major news networks know this uh the foxes the cnn's the uh the msnbc's i remember uh uh, austin peterson who's a a guy who ran for president as a libertarian a while back i liked him um and he he ran this new or might still run the a libertarian republic which is like a it was like a libertarian like news page and he yeah. he had, he strap admitted he's like look when i do positive stories about like libertarians or gary johnson or like anything no one clicks it no one shares it no one engages with it if i trash gary johnson in an article it does millions of views you know like it's yeah he like i i, I wish i could I, i'd have to go look for the post of it but like he, he he talked about it he's like look the stuff that makes you mad works he's 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 a actually i think he's a radio host now he's a radio like host Michigan or something like that uh missouri missouri but, right yeah so he, he's out there doing his thing he's got like a morning show out there but yeah. and you know I, I like i see his content occasionally i don't think it's all like that but like he, he did note he's like you know it's it's kind of gross, but like that's that's what it is. If you do stuff to make people mad, if you make it clickbaity, then it's more likely to get people to comment and to share and to engage. And the the Facebook and and social media algorithms, like they they've they've kind of changed it a little bit, but they they still are to some extent geared towards doing that. Towards you know you're you're more likely to comment and share if you're mad about something. And that's that's. Honestly, like, guys, I think that that's one of the things that I've been battling for the last 15 years, 10 years, trying to explain to people that the the mainstream media is getting their thumb on your psyche and pushing that button. And that's all that they're doing. They're they're trying to compete with with the Internet. They're trying to compete with the OANs and the the one American news. Oh, wait, that is one Newsmax. Like, yeah. And they they know that they're a dinosaur that they're dying right so they gotta have jokers and clowns and yeah propaganda stories and the the rachel rachel maddow's of the world and and guys look i hate sean hannity i gotta be honest with you i used to like him when i was younger but like dude that dude is telling the same story every single day 365 days a week he he stays on brand you like, know what did, I mean, man. He's yeah, like, he is. He is uh, no, uh, no. consistent in his goal, <laughs> although not necessarily his ideology. I don't um, even. 
look, he's a, yeah. he's a compelling figure. He's a good looking dude, but like he tells the same story over and over again. Yeah, we only we only have a little bit left, uh, but, you know, I'll just end with like when you start seeing this stuff, start looking out for it. Start noticing if if you you're getting manipulated by things. And and that's all. That's the only advice I can give is like we got to do better, like because it's it's not great for politics, not great for the country to keep kind of spiraling down like that road. And Uh, so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But all right. We we have to head to break. Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. We're going to be back in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon. A Free Solution. I mean. All right. Yeah. That's one of the songs that Tim. You're probably not listening to the radio version, but "Keep Them in the Cage" is what it's called. Uh, okay. that's, that's often my first segment transition song because it has a nice, like, groove, yeah, bumper nice groove music. to it. That's nice. So, but the anyway, uh, no, we probably thought we didn't talk about Don Lemon. We didn't talk about Buzzfeed shutting down. Buzzfeed shut down. Yeah, uh, Buzzfeed News. It's gone. It's it's closing down. Really? Yeah, I didn't hear that. It is. Oh yeah. Uh, well, BuzzFeed isn't reporting on it, so you know how would how would you know? <laughs> how would I, I know. know. <laughs> um, how would I know? No, I but uh, I, yeah, no, they are. They they decided that that's just not something uh, they're doing anymore. They ran out of resources, and that's. That's I. What what were they famous for? What was their what? what I forget. I know like uh, TMZ. If you said TMZ, they have a brand identity in my I mean, brain. Clickbait articles, uh, okay, yeah. or listicles. Um, that's did, did they do flat Earth Earth stuff? Because I think maybe I read some of their. Work. They they probably did because they had a lot of like user generated content. Um, that yeah, like almost anyone could go in there, write it, and they're. It, <laughs> They had pretty low like editorial standards. They wouldn't like be at. They had like an actual news division that did like newsy stuff. uh, Although they kind of got in trouble because they they really jumped on like some of the uh, steel dossier stuff back in the day, which they were probably telling the truth about. Like the the steel dossier thing's been kind of almost unilaterally. No, that's unilaterally is not the way we're, but it's it's been pretty well debunked at this point. Yeah, well, yeah. So they they had uh, they they published it. So they were uh, they were they're publishing it as a as news document. Oh, okay, all right. That that sucks for them. Yeah, but uh, and all right, but you know, we should we should probably get back to the show. I guess we'll talk about you know, good folks. If you have anything else that that you want to talk about, let us know. But otherwise, uh, we're gonna keep rolling into the next topic. All right, let's do it. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Marion O'Connor. I'm here, Kevin, and I am looking forward to this next topic. What, what in fact, is the next topic? Don't know. Come on, you're supposed to come up with it. No, is it the, we're going to talk about cigarette thing. I want to talk, sure? I want to talk about that. Figured. That's what yeah, I figured. We're, we're going to talk about the, uh, the New York State's uh, possible cigarette ban on the horizon. Now, Kathy Hochul and and Democrats have already kind of pushed towards 
further restricting cigarettes with uh, the the menthol ban. Correct. Um, and and pushing towards that. Um, <clears throat> and and Shelly commented on YouTube earlier. Says, you know what? Why are they doing this? They they say it's because because they care about people. They're trying to do what's best for their health. Uh, and Shelly said because they care about black people smoking menthol cigarettes. They're going to make them all quit on the same day. That'll work. Yeah, like <laughs> that's. It, it's it's like you're you're saying that and you're joking and I know you're joking and and probably everyone else listening knows you're joking but they they're totally serious about this like well if we we just ban it then everyone's going to quit and everything's going to be great and then and then you have to ask yourself the next question well what what if someone goes to another state and they they grab some menthol cigarettes and then they consume them or they try to pick up some and sell a few to their friends. What happens? Yeah, the black what market do do finds a way, it? Kevin. The black market will find a way. I, I mean, I, I would probably start a tobacco farm and grow my own. You know, exactly. Can I mean, can I, can you still grow that on your own? Like you're you're gonna be able to grow some like weed plants and grow some marijuana, I, but can you can you grow? I'm like tobacco. If they um, I can. I, if look, it'll grow. It'll grow. Does it, uh, wait, does it grow in New York State? First yeah. of all, does it? I I have no. I, I legit have no idea. Uh, actually, I think it's like a South Carolina, Virginia product. Like the yeah, I was, was, was going to say like I thought it was more of a, a, a southern thing, but yeah. like Virginia for sure. Um, but <laughs> this Facebook user says, "Oops, sorry, my uh, bad." Uh, I was going to. Oh, we'll get to this one. This Facebook user says, "Ban the cigs to give boost to pot stores." All yeah, right. which which is kind of a, a, a funny thing though, right? It's like okay, as we're sort of kind of legalizing marijuana. Uh, we're gonna move towards banning cigarettes, um, and, and we should talk about like what the actual news is in a second. But I know you want to get to another comment. Mm. Where'd it go? But, uh, look, uh, my, my, anytime I think about cigarettes, I think of Eric Gurner and the absolute tragedy of what happened there. This guy was like, and look, this story needs to be told over and over again because I think people lose touch with it, and it, it's an example of several things. Just how far. The government will go to enforce its laws. Um, it's an example of, of how police can overreact in a situation. It's an example of, of so many things of such a minor thing that this guy was doing that, that ended up dead. And look, the way that it happened, he was going to end up injured no matter what. Okay, like guys, it, and it was over selling loose cigarettes outside of a store and jipping the government out of their the official tax stamp. Like it, it's to me the government can be literally insane and Eric Garner is, is someone whose memory should never, ever, ever be forgotten. Period. Yeah. E even Sean Hannity was uh, like disgusted at it. He, he, he said the government will kill you for Texas. That like, no, that was back when he was cool, man. Like, I don't that's know what, what happened. It's just a, like a total failure to be able to like, enforce the law without violence. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, where we talk about like every law could end up like that, right? Like that's 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 the government could choose to enforce the law with violence. That sometimes, you know, it's it's less violent and sometimes it's more violent, but they could always choose to enforce the law with violence and they may not be held accountable for doing so. And that's you know part of the problem. And uh this Correct. Facebook user says, how many more Eric Gardeners will a uh, ban cause? Um and yeah. 
you know, and, and here's 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 what actually happened. So it's not like a, a solid proposal that's out there. What happened is the uh, director, the the state health department's Bureau of Tobacco Control, distribute a poll to local legislators, community leaders and other folks that would ask questions like, you know, what's your opinion on policy that would end the sale of all tobacco products in New York within 10 years? Uh, and what's your opinion about policy that would ban sale of all tobacco products to those born after a certain date? Uh, so they're they're just kind of floating out like, well, you know, how do you how do you as a local official feel about this? How do you as a community leader who would be asking to support this? How would you feel about it? Uh, and so that that could be a precursor to uh, proposing actual solid legislation to go down one of those those two routes to say, like, we're going to ban this starting in like 2035 or we're going to ban this for everyone born after, you know, whatever year. 2015 or something um right right yeah it's just just guys benevolent authoritarianism it's it's like your parents actually didn't treat you right so what we're gonna do is take care of you and and i guess we pay them for that privilege we have the highest taxes in the country i i just i don't know maybe maybe i'm the one that's wrong maybe looking at these things like it's run by a bunch of psychotics is the wrong way to go about it. I don't know. It, it, I, they, I don't know, man. It, there's so much force going on in this state. There's so much authoritarianism. I just don't even know what to say. But we have great yeah. roads. Oh, wait. Mm-hmm. Do we, though? Do, do we? we? Ah, do we? Mm, I don't I, know about that. Do you remember Kathy Hochul's uh, like emergency pothole plan? Whatever happened with that? I got a pothole did, right in front of my house. Did they did not we, get fixed? Oh, man. The pop, the pop plan. She was going to dedicate one billion U.S. dollars to an emergency pothole response team. It was one of her campaign pledges. My God, I just, I thought she was really just scamming us all. But probably in some level, it's was hey, serious. Maybe it's happening. Maybe everywhere except for the potholes near you are fixed. I guess I don't know. Yeah, That's well, probably, probably true. They, they know my political. They my political. Just, no, just just leave Tim's pothole there. Uh, when I get this comment from Sam on YouTube, it says, I can imagine some state trooper car stops. Can we search your car for contraband? Oh, we see you have cigarettes. Sam, they already do that. Like It's, it's, it's already a thing. I, I, I could tell, Sam, you, you are not a consumer of cigarettes from reservations uh, because everyone I have ever talked to who has bought cigarettes from reservations knows you can't buy over a certain amount or you will get accused of uh, buying them for at a reduced cost because you get the the uh, no tax cigarettes on on the reservations you, you would get accused of uh uh trying to resell those so that's and and I always say that cuz I I you know have family members who smoke or I, and and I went to college near a like reservation gas station where that like they had a big sign that said it yeah uh, cuz they had the 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 cheap cigarettes and um yeah, that's what it is. And again, it, it's not a great thing. I know it's not good, but uh, it, it's totally a thing. You, if you have too many um, cigarettes from in your coming, like they they will wait. They actually they will pull people over uh, that they think are buying too many. It's it's already a thing, and and it and it would get just get worse. So like imagine that, but like everywhere along all the borders. And Shelley pointed out that it's it's also uh, a thing that happens at uh, the Vermont border. Um, yeah, it, it just that, but more of it all the time, uh, every border, and for anyone who has cigarettes. Because the, as we talked about with the uh, 
as we talked about on the uh uh sorry i just lost my train of thought uh, on the uh, with the eric garner stuff right every law could be enforced with violence and, and um, this is one of those cases where you're going to get a new war on drugs but new- for tobacco well, we, we need more wars, guys. We're going to be bombing Mexico and we're going to take on the drug cartels. And, and look, we have to justify these tax collections and these tax revenues. Somehow, a, a war for your health is just the way to go. I, I, and look, it, I don't know. I, what I'm afraid of is just breathing this into existence. Like I can remember a couple of years ago when the Green New Deal was, we're going to get rid of cows. And now every vegan legislator is talking about how... CO2 emissions and methane gas account from farming account for 14% of our problem. They say 14% of our problem with global warming. And, and so once they cross these bridges, they don't go back. It like it almost makes it inevitable. Yeah, that's it's one of those things where we have to do that for our own good, for the collective good. We just have to uh have to deal with it. Um I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you can leave the state and, and look. Or, yeah. Vote with your feet. Better and better. Yeah. Uh, and John's asking any any discussion on the state non budget 25 days late? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're I still. Before, before it came online to see how the progress is going. And uh, they, they've approved their dalliance for another uh, seven days, at which point they will either have a budget or approve another dalliance for seven days. And look, Maybe three three people in a room isn't the way to do it. Maybe they should bring this to the floor of the assembly, debate it, come up with a real budget, and move forward like the responsible legislature, the highest paid legislatures, legislators in the country should. They should do their job. And, and you can not. actually participate in parliamentary procedure and set rules to debate and set timelines and limits and, and get stuff. Wow, that's... That's bonkers, Tim. I, I'm insane. This I is why you'll never uh, be able to run for state office, Tim, because like that sort of crazy talk like just can't happen. I would love to win lotto and use that million dollars to just run for state office and just spend all of that money because I don't think there's any limits on what you can spend on yourself and just and be like, all right, I'm going in and I'm making lotto illegal and I'm going in and you know just kind of yeah. we're going to be more libertarian. The government. Anybody can run a lotto. That's how I would do it. Anybody out there can run a lotto. There's Tim, no state monopolies on gambling. Yeah, that's, no that's, state monopolies on gambling. No state monopolies on tax collection. Anybody can collect taxes. Anybody can run a lotto. And anybody can run a school. That's it. That's all right. <laughs> that's that's, that, that's Tim's that's Tim's it. platform. Yeah, gambling and no education regulations. I'm, I'm, gambling be... goes back in the hands of the mob. That's they they paid better. They were you're not, not even they're... spinning it right. Like you go, you just gotta say it's back in the hands of the people. That's you know, what I meant. Yeah, <laughs> the, it's you know, like the community should be responsible for gambling. <laughs> sure, sure. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what winning winning platform, Tim. It's gonna be great. I don't see how I could lose, Kevin. To be honest with you. Yeah. No. I mean, it would. I mean, if you if you have that lotto money, like for yourself to be able to promote your campaign, you know, it's yeah. I, like I, I've been told by many election reform conscious folks that if you have enough money, you can buy an election. And, and so, like, why not? Why not us? Yeah. A state Senate seat costs two hundred thousand dollars. 
and you you know if if you don't have a great competitor you could probably buy it for 65. there you go that's that's all it takes i mean the consultant class of the republican party says look if you don't have whoever has the most money is going to be our candidate (laughs) that's sorry that's how we pick them that's just the way it is we don't care about your bona fides we care about the cash you can give us for us to hire other consultants and hand out advertising you know, door to door and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, all that stuff. It does work. I mean, it does help. Although I I, I was mostly joking. Uh, unfortunately, even if you have a ton of money, being rich and weird is still a liability in trying to win an election. Which I think <sighs> would be a liability for me. I don't know. I mean, I'm not not popular. I've done some yeah. good things in my life. No, like you could be fine. I'm just saying money alone doesn't necessarily get you there. Like, for instance, we had a... Uh, we had a, a a DA race in in this area where like the Democrat ended up not getting a bunch of money directly, but a a bunch of like third part or like outside money supporting her candidacy, uh, and it was it was like George Soros money, like legit, like not a conspiracy, like it was like George Soros like spent a bunch of money on the DA race here, um, I, I, trying to to get a criminal justice reform candidate elected and spent a bunch of money on that uh way more than what the republicans spent and she still lost like the, yeah. the incumbent da uh sandra dorley won uh yeah. so like it's just money alone does not carry you to the winning spot okay true but you brought up another interesting point and i don't know how much time we've got but i want to kind of uh, hammer uh, this on one minute oh okay well people actually pretend that george soros money isn't buying reformative justice DAs all over the country. And to me, that's amazing. Like the left will. That, will that it isn't down. doing so. Yeah. No, no, we will. Maybe we could talk about that during the break. Cause that, that is like a, a strange discussion that, that happens around uh, that guy in particular. Oh, uh, it just, it gets bonkers really quick, but like it happened oh. here in, in Monroe County where his organization donated a bunch of money to try to influence that race. And like immediately the discussion went off the rails. I love it. Um, and That's yeah, last comment before we go, if being rich and weird is liability, it didn't affect Trump or Biden. Uh, Bingo. You, you just gotta be the right kind of weird. Is that all I'm saying? I'm not saying it, it ruins you. I'm saying it just doesn't necessarily get you there. Like you, you gotta have something else. And, and Trump certainly has something else. He has a, a certain level of, charisma good or bad that that motivates people to want to support him uh biden he uh he certainly has experience he's he's well experienced and and, that's right that's and and, and, and he certainly wasn't trump that's uh that's what he has a track record impressive (laughs) uh yeah if you you add enough to your track record like eventually you can find something impressive in there right that's that's how that works (laughs) <laughs> All right, now we got to go to break, though. Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon. A Free Solution. All right, yeah, break time. Oh, but let's let's talk about let's talk about George Soros thing because it, it is yeah, let's it is such let's a break it down. yeah, it, it's such a bizarre like. So what ended up happening in like in this race, and this is something that happens all the time. Like George Soros is like. He is a magnet for a lot of like conspiracy. He is a magnet for a lot of like bonkers stuff, right? Like that that goes beyond like who he is and what he does and the good and bad of what he does, right? Sure. Uh, so like we'll just set that aside. That is that is a thing that exists, right? Uh, he did spend a bunch of money to try to influence many local DAs races, including one here in Rochester, uh, and the 
incumbent candidate criticized uh like the other campaign and and like the stuff going on like, hey you have a bunch of like outside money trying to influence this local campaign uh and like this is a thing worth criticizing right right you know but like you, you can only win because you're getting a bunch of this like money from like this guy uh who is controversial and immediately people jumped on her like oh she's being anti-semitic like no, what? she didn't say anything about his Jewish heritage. Like literally, ends up becoming a thing where like any criticism of George Soros, who like I have mixed feelings about. There's some causes I like, some causes I really don't. I, Candidates I really right, don't. Uh, right. But like any criticism of him is is immediately anti-Semitic because all she said was like, "Hey, you're you're having all this outside money influencing our campaign," which is true. It is accurate to have said that. And like it became a whole thing, and it becomes a whole thing. Like it, it became a thing uh, with, um, like Ron DeSantis said something about that. Like yeah. you can see it also. Like uh, it, I think it was something similar, right? Like because it was related to Manhattan DA and who had yeah. been also supported by George. So it's like a same situation. Um, all sorts of left left yeah. wing people were like, "That's anti-Semitic," and it's like, wait, I mean, like if, if like the Koch brothers were Jewish would like any criticism of them spending money on races to try to influence elections also be anti-Semitic? No, of course not. And no. would, would people try to make that case? Maybe, right? Oh, probably, like, yeah. This is the political theater that we live in now, you know, like let's come up with the most hate filled kind of way to detract what you said, which was a perfectly reasonable statement and turn it into something completely bizarre and label you a bad guy. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, that's just like a, a goofy aspect of politics. Something that drives me nuts about like, because I, I said the same thing. I was like, literally, like in the DA race, like what did what did her campaign say that was like actually anti-Semitic? Like, well, if you don't know the conspiracies about George, I was like, no, I'm aware. I'm aware people say crazy stuff about him. But like, right. it doesn't automatically make any criticism of the the guy like that thing any more than like whatever thing you want to attach to the Koch brothers. It's like the mirror image of both of them. Like it's, it's just like, that's the right wing rich boogeyman. And the Koch bro brothers were, you know, the, they're not both alive anymore, but they, uh, they, they, they were the left uh, boogeyman. And now they got Trump for everything, but right. Just I mean, not the like catch all, but like, you know, or, or they'll just like vaguely, blame capitalists nowadays or jeff bezos or, or elon musk i guess elon here, musk is the evil rich guy now but he's not. Here, let me do this to you like oh so kevin i didn't know you were a trump supporter like you you just said some things vaguely recognizing a behavior pattern in society and now everybody's going to call you a trump supporter i think is how it's going to go probably yeah great i Which, mean I, guys, I get we've had lots of conversations i'm going to say that kevin is very um ambivalent about trump that's probably the nicest way to say it yeah that's <laughs> this nice borderline like inaccurate because <laughs> i haven't been nice about uh statists in that direction either right um no 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 quarter for big government folks like i'm not I'm no not gonna be nice. quarter for big government now you, you guys you, you don't get kid, kid gloves especially people with actual power like you know if 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 you're like some everyday person, you want to come and talk to me about ideology, okay? Like, I'm, all right. But like, if you you have actual power and you've exercised it in a way to hurt people, Joe Biden, uh, Donald Trump, Barack Obama, go on back. You know, like, yeah, all those folks. Yeah, they they don't. I don't have to be nice to them. 
No. Not at all. I'm all with right. you. Well, you know that. Yep. Uh, on that note, we should head back soon, and uh, we could talk about we could talk about the, the the university stuff or whatever direction you want to go, Tim, and yeah. whatever direction folks in the comments want to go to. If you have another topic that you want to talk about, make sure you post yeah. it in there. I definitely want to talk about that university thing. I think it's a good free speech issue, and it's an interesting New York State story. All right. So we're going to be back in 10 seconds. Thanks again for joining us here on Free Solution. And we're going into the final radio segment. A Free Solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, here today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Marion O'Connor. I'm glad to be here, Kevin, once again. Um, so look, uh, I don't know if we've done an official shout out to our WSL listeners, but I want to say, guys, there may be to, to this Rochester area, WSL, we want to thank them for this opportunity to have these conversations and encourage you guys to feel, if you feel like joining us on Tuesday nights when we pre-record the show, you'd be more than welcome and you can help shape the narrative. But I, I ran across something, Kevin, that I want to present as a... Uh, an interesting one I'm feeling is a, a shift in the dynamic of New York State, perhaps. And perhaps it's just imaginary. But um, my kid reached out to me. It was I don't know if you remember last week we talked about Riley Gaines getting basically assaulted a little bit. And, and um, not a little bit. Um, she wanted to speak yeah. at a, a, a campus in San Francisco. And there was a violent reaction. She was basically blocked from leaving. There were, were comments made about how she was kidnapped. But... On the heel of that, the U- University of Albany, which which just so happens my my um, middle daughter attends, she sent me a letter that was released immediately after that, and I want to kind of read it or at least read some of the highlights from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's like, dear Great Danes, you know, as a public university, blah 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 blah. Anyway, we have a constitutional obligation to protect speech, even when that speech fundamentally conflicts with our core values. Um, as one of the most diverse public research institutions in the nation, we are equally committed to fostering an environment in which all students feel safe and included, and that the right to protest is also protected. These two central parts of our identity need not exist in conflict. So um, we, and this is this is like kind of, it seems like it's kind of a warning. We expect members of our community to be able to voice their views in a manner that promotes dialogue and honors University of Albany's commitment to freedom of experience in um, expression. This is especially important when it involves free speech that members of our community find offensive or objectionable. So look, we can take a couple like presumptions, right? That that, as a state school in New York, that there's a predominantly liberal-ish populace. It's a pretty standard college thing. And I think what they're saying is if we have like Ben Shapiro on, for a speech, you guys can't go kick everybody's ass. That's that's how I interpreted that. Yeah, I mean that's that's how how I understood it too. Is that like the the point of the like liberal broad liberal project is to like engage in dialogue and come to decisions uh, and and thoughts through discussion rather than through violence or through you know who's ever able to coerce others into into whatever they want to do and and so like that's what 
in theory, colleges like embracing that sort of, and by liberal, I mean like the in the very broad sense of the term, right? Uh, sure. Of like a free society, uh, a constitutional republic is is a a liberal style of government. Um, yeah, in, in like a broad sense, not liberal in like the the uh, like liberal versus conservative sense. I mean, in the in the, the classic sense. In the um, classic sense of the word, liberal makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah, like, like Hayekian sense, right? Yeah. Uh, so. So, yeah, like that. And that's something like you, you're starting to see a little bit more pushback from some universities on where like they've they've recognized that like the heckler's veto is no way to like try to engage the students and get them to be thoughtful and critical. And even if you agree with far left views, you don't always get to exercise that power outside of a campus environment on a campus environment. Right. You, if you're a private university, if you're a public university, you definitely can't and uh, cannot do that because you have to follow the rules of the first amendment. You have to abide by free speech uh, rules, which yeah. maybe they're doing it because of that on the SUNY campus. Maybe they're not, yeah. but they do have to do that. Uh, private universities. You can, like I went to a private university. You can shut down speech. You can say certain stuff is inappropriate. You can say clubs, can exist for ideological reasons like yeah. it is, is a thing that they can do but maybe even the people on the left end of the spectrum who might not like the you know ben shapiro's of the world or even like more radical speakers on the right maybe you don't want to shut that down you want to find better ways to engage with that and convince your students that through you know uh, uh engaging them through conversation that that type of view isn't something you want to agree with and and, yeah. and you're getting there's plenty of stories out there to, to show like when that happens, when you do get these events shut down, when you do get uh, stuff that just like doesn't end up happening. I think one happened at like at Buffalo recently. I'm trying to remember who it was who was supposed to speak there. They, they um, definitely chased somebody off of campus and I can't remember either. I, yeah. They canceled ahead of time, right? Yeah. Was, uh, it, like, I mean, someone who says, I, I like only vaguely remember someone who said something kind of nasty about like trans people. Um, and okay. And so, like, yeah, the campus is like, yeah, we're just going to shut it down. And, and you end up creating these situations where they no longer, like, people become alienated and isolated. And I get, like, yeah, I don't want to interact with, like, bad people who might say, like, awful stuff. Like, like truly awful stuff. Not just stuff I disagree with, but, like, I don't think certain people are people type of stuff, right? Right. So, but you're going to run into those types of folks in the real world. Like, you need to learn how to engage with that effectively, and yeah. like making the excuse like, oh, we don't want to platform them. OK, like but but people want to do that and you can go and shut them down through argument. And that's as a the way we have to do it in a free society. If you yeah. cave to the pressure of like, we're just going to shut this down through violence, we're going to shut this down through force that can be turned against you when you start accepting that that culture of of being against free speech is acceptable and then start implementing it in policy beyond the walls of a private college campus it's going to be dangerous and it will be turned against you. And in fact, it already is in many senses, like the Republicans, the, the Chris Rufo's of the world have decided like, well, if they're going to do it, we're going to do it too. They're right. doing it in Florida. They're trying to shut down curriculums that they don't like. They're doing it in Texas. They're trying, trying to ban books that they don't like. They did it yeah, in Utah. The, the toxic poison of governmental power. Um, to add another paragraph from this university of Albany thing, um, or two, actually, there's two that I want to read. All recognized student organizations are entitled to reserve space on campus, invite guest speakers, and host their events without interference. Similarly, outside organizations are entitled by law to come to our campus and use our designated public 
for him. Um, I think there's a pretty strong sentiment sentiment behind that statement saying, look, there's there's a reality to what we have. If you have a, our, our forum, our university is a public university and we have a contractual obligation with the public to provide opportunities for free speech. And I just thought it was, um, you know, an interesting way to put it. To be clear, the fact that the law requires the university to protect speech doesn't mean that you Albany endorses the speaker's worldview. We know who we are and what makes this place special. We are a community that thrives on the diversity of its people, faiths, and ideas. We unequivocally reject all forms of hate and bias and are committed to fostering a culture in which everyone is and feels welcome every single day. And I, I thought that that was like, honestly, I, it gave me a little bit of hope. And I had run across an article, Kevin, not that long ago, um, where they were like, no, the, the, the policy of the university, the public university system in New York State does not exclude hiring conservative pro- professors. Like the new chancellor, and I can't remember his name, and I couldn't find the article ahead of the show. And, and look, that's the thing that if we can't have rational reasonable conversations with each other that's where the world ends guys that's where we go to violence that's where things fall apart that's where we fight for meager scraps of power from our government we we pick a side and and we think we get to align with with the boot like if the boots red we put on red boots and really guys the boots still on all of our necks and so the only way to to fix it in any way shape or form is to be better that's it. Period. Yeah. End of end of my rant for tonight. Yeah. Well, no, I'll have more. <laughs> yeah, and more rants. No, that's that's what it is. And I think that's a good note to end end the discussion on. Uh, unless you have more here, uh, yeah. I do. I do think that I want to point out that um, McDonald's has, in fact, opened a fully automated McDonald's. And they did. They did. And look, guys, I'm telling you, we Kevin and I have predicted this. We've talked about this in the past. And I was going to try to do it as fake news, but I don't even know how to do it as fake news, right? They legit have a McDonald's where there's like two guys in the kitchen and that's it. Then they're all they're doing is feeding robot machines that make the burgers and then load them on a conveyor belt. Even the bags get loaded by some sort of robot arm and you pick up your bag and you leave and you pay at a kiosk. And, and look, it's inevitable. And people are like, what about the minimum wage and what about this and you know good jobs for everybody and i'm like this is not a bad thing what everybody is mad about when it comes to the minimum wage is the fact that the fed and the u.s government has been stealing from us incrementally and slowly and punishing savers and rewarding you know people that want to waste their money and borrow money and that's that's our reality inflation well, that's all the yeah. That's all what all the incentives are, right? Like, don't don't save your money. Don't. I mean, and even if you're if you are an adult working a minimum wage job in order to try to sustain yourself, uh, because of the cutoffs of subsidies, uh, if you if you qualify for them, and sometimes if you're working minimum wage, you you sometimes do. The incentive is to not get ahead because you will lose tens of thousands of dollars in benefits. Is the welfare cliff? It's a thing. Uh, and inevitably, as you continue to raise the minimum wage, though, uh, it makes it harder for restaurants who are trying to sell a product that people are willing to pay a certain price for. So McDonald's being thing, how much are you really willing to pay for a Big Mac or how much are you really willing to pay for like any of their products? And is that enough to pay for the cost of their workers? And if there ends up being a mismatch there, you end up having 
higher labor costs than what you're able to sell your product for, you're going to have to find a way to automate or you're going to shut down. Either way, those workers, because you've set a floor for wages, are going to lose. They're going to lose their jobs. And it'll probably start with like some marginal workers, right? Like with the teenagers. I don't know like how easy it is for teenagers to get a job uh with like minimum wage anymore like it as it as whenever it goes up like it's just those are the marginal workers you're not gonna because it's expensive you don't want to take the risk on someone who's going to not be a good worker and it's a lot not all teenagers but a lot of teenagers aren't because they haven't learned how to work yet they haven't learned how to interact in that sort of environment uh so you're taking a risk yeah the real minimum wage is zero that's (laughs) That's right exactly that's the the reality of where we're at and so it's it's i get that we want people to make a good living but a good living is not from an entry-level job and and automation guys like i don't know did you ever get to read that book by frederick frederick pole the uh no i i got that escaping it the name of it's escaping but it's basically where basically everything becomes inverse through robotics where poor people are the ones that get they get food stamps and, and consumption stamps but they're obligated to consume and rich people could choose to consume or not to consume. And it was just a very uh, interesting yeah. turnabout on, on where we're at in society. Stranger, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting, though. Like, we're going to see more of those, like, automated uh, fast food restaurants and, and, and other stuff. Uh, it's it's going to be a thing because as you, if you, you force the labor cost to rise, uh, the, those workers on the edge, they're, they're going to go away. And, you know, you can – be mad about that all you want, but unless you're going to force people into like make work programs, which uh, gosh, honestly, we have, we, they might, we have, you know, like, or institute, you know, a universal basic income. Uh, like, yeah, those, those workers are going to end up in, in a tough situation just because you've now distorted the market sufficiently where the only way you can be profitable is to make a, a big capital investment in automation. That's, yeah, that's what you know, it is. I was actually a proponent of a universal basic income, and this is probably going to surprise and offend a lot of people. But Milton Friedman was not averse to a, a, a form of a universal basic income. You talk about like negative income tax, right? Correct. Yeah, that was that was his thing. You want to explain that in a minute and a half or less? No, I don't. I actually, no, all right. <laughs> but yeah, look, fine. Part of a long story, right? Like, because it's complicated in that society can get so productive that if we don't allow the government to steal from us and throw all of our stuff into the ocean and blow up people in other countries, we may be so wealthy that we won't know what to do with all the money. And we we haven't gotten there because of, you know, the war machine and everything else. Yeah. So, so, so it's kind of like that. Yeah. My, so that's my we take. We haven't quite achieved that. Uh, no, that's that's worth like you're right like a whole a whole actual segment on like maybe we'll do like a like an evergreen show one time where we cover like big economic concepts like that oh, and cool. we'll, we'll just talk about like negative income tax and how that works uh and yeah, a few other things but on that note we are starting to run out of time so we are yeah. gonna have to head out i think we'll, we might continue this discussion maybe we'll actually do the zoning discussion briefly in the the extra segment of this show Ooh, um, bonus segment. So thank you, WYSL audience, for joining us. Thank you for listening today. Uh, for our online audience, we're going to keep going. And if you are listening on WYSL and you're missing out on this conversation, make sure you follow us. Free Solution Facebook, Free Solution YouTube, uh, the, the Kevin Wilson pages, the, the Tim O'Connor pages. 
follow us, you can get this whole discussion or make sure you, you find our podcast. Look for a free solution. Thanks again for joining us. Have a good night, WYSL audience. Talk to you in a few minutes. Online audience. Take care. Free solution. I said a few minutes, like few seconds, guys. Few seconds. Just a few seconds. It's, we're not going to leave you guys hanging. No. I mean, you, it, guys it, wanna, you guys want to see while Kevin kind of starts vamping on zoning. I'm going to go uh, introduce you to, to P.T. Bagelsworth. Uh, I'll, P.T. So Bagelsworth. Start, oh start the zoning conversation. I promised a TikTok dance, but honestly, I can't do that. But I can, <laughs> I can introduce everyone to P.T. Bagelsworth. I'll be I'll right. Be best. I, I, I'll, I'm I'll imagining be there's like a costume involved now. <laughs> that's great. No, that, so now of course Tim's gonna uh, miss the my introduction on zoning. But but what I I want to talk about related to zoning is, and and I'll have to re-ask this question for folks. But I want to hear you in the comments what you think. Where where should zoning be determined? And by zoning, I mean who gets to tell you what you're allowed to build on your property and what type of thing you're allowed to build on your property. And there are some things about zoning that kind of make sense, like the like not having in high-impact industrial manufacturing in a neighborhood setting. I, I sort of get that. Uh, but other stuff, like should you be able to build a, a, an in-law suite? Uh, maybe not. Or may, maybe you should be able to do that. Uh, and then who, who determines that? Is that Sheppy your town? Should it be your county? Should it be the state of New York? And to me, I'm actually I'm actually fine with the state of New York saying it. And and I I want to talk to to Tim about why. Well, my my one of the things that before I I morph into my PT Bagelsworth thing, the things that I want to say about zoning is that zoning has been oversold as a way to make communities nicer. What makes communities nicer is people. Okay. And when zoning stands in the way of having people in your community making money, guess what, guys? Like, zoning is a problem. So there's the, the Carol guys, if you want to check out some people with the alternative views on zoning, check out the Carolina residents for um, no zoning. Um, and that's a New York State group. And they're, they're pushing for no zoning in their small town because nice. they know that zoning limits opportunity for people like when you when you legislate the ability to have a, a small mechanic in your neighborhood all all you did was hurt yourself right so yeah. your kid doesn't learn a valuable skill you you don't get your car fixed for cheap cash money and and look you don't get to keep an eye on the mess the guy makes like it, like there's a lot of benefits to being less zoned now you could always like if you want to make big money and you want to like have a nice house and you can enter into a homeowner's agreement with a bunch of other homeowners in the whole HOA private community gated community thing. So those options are available to you. But zoning hurts your neighbor's ability to make a living, to enjoy yeah. like a rent a room, to, to build a, a little addition on for mom, you know, like that. Use property that, how you want. Yeah, it's yeah. And so. New York State, they want to be in charge of zoning. They they fell pretty miserably. I guess the one one of their budget items where they were going to build thousands of uh, of 
affordable uh, rental units um, got got smashed because yeah. of uh, local pushback. Yeah, yeah no, and and I'll, I'll read these comments. I'll, I'll kind of defend why I actually think zoning should kind of happen at the state level uh, sam says uh, zoning should be considered at the property owner level no clue why my town or even my neighbors should have a say about uh, gardens in the front yard how high of a fence or what color i use yeah uh and then alice says think we should be able to put uh on your property what you want yeah and and, and generally i agree with that right like yeah, generally yeah. i agree it should be mostly individuals being able to determine they, what they want with some limited exceptions i, I kind of introduced that like i get why like if if someone opened a loud, noisy, messy factory right next to me, like why that might like not work. Now, I also have a distillery open, like opening, like no kidding, like a quarter mile from me. And that's going to be great. I'm excited about that. That, that That's Good. a cool yeah. thing. Because um, I live like right by like a former industrial area that's bringing some stuff back. Uh, so it's going to be a combination of like production facility and also like tasting room thing so it's gonna it be a cool thing um now so why, why am i defending the state zoning thing well the reason why is like there's all these like patchwork local zoning laws where you end up with a a small concentrated group of people oftentimes folks who can materially benefit from not changing things so sometimes like homeowners or commercial property owners who are able to charge more because you've introduced an artificial scarcity into the market because the government is restricting anyone from building anything anywhere uh in, in in the city it's wild like you almost legally cannot build a single family home anywhere without getting some sort of variance like it's it's very very difficult so you have to go and ask you know the zoning board uh zoning board appeals to, to like get a special exemption to the rules because there's no like way to just go and say okay this fits the rules i'm gonna go in and just build this thing Right. So like you can't me, know. So it ends up adding in. a bunch of money to, to building anything. What are you saying? Well, a question comes to mind. It's like, how is uh, centralizing the zoning authority to New York State going to correct that situation? So the reason why is because the because you have this mess of local zoning laws that often are uh difficult to navigate, different from town to town, expensive to navigate, and really restrictive. The proposal that was going to happen at the state level was going to be less restrictive. It was okay. going to say that for a lot of places that limit you to single family housing, you now have more options to be able to expand beyond that. So something as simple as like an ADU, like an in-law suite, stuff like that, you're going to be able to build that without having to go through like your town's whole rigmarole of a process or you're going to it was going to be easier to build like duplexes than it was before now there's some homeowners who don't want that because like they they don't like the idea of a duplex or or, or uh triplex or whatever in their single family neighborhood they feel right. like that's going to introduce the riffraff to the neighborhood or whatever but to me i fall back on you should be able to do that because it's your property and you get to determine what's best for that property. Yeah. Um, so look, some of this housing crisis in New York state has been brought about by, by increases in zoning or regulations that were passed through zoning. I mean, even if I was to look at the small town of Milford, which is right near me, they, they have five, six, seven houses that are basically falling into the ground. Um, they had a school superintendent, one of those authoritarian little psychopaths who didn't really want to invest in the community, tell everybody that 
because of Airbnb, there's nothing really available for me to buy in this community. And, and you guys need to fix this. That's why we don't have kids in the school. And it's like everybody just just went for that line, hook, line and sinker. And so now there's potentially developable properties that people could turn into touristy spots or, or people making money could buy them and tear them down or or whatever. But they're just an eyesore. So yeah. they, they put a basically they put a moratorium on turning your property into a, a Airbnb rental, which happens to be one of the very few profitable industries for, um, and a, as a side hustle, it's incredibly profitable in our area. When, when we have farms that have fallen into the ground, when we have former manufacturing facilities gutted, these guys think the most important thing to do is to prevent people from renting out their houses to Airbnb. Because the theory is, is that that will force people to bring more children into the the village yeah and and intuitively to me it doesn't make any sense when i put the to to pen and paper it literally makes zero sense and all they're doing is limiting opportunity for people that already live here that already own property And, and and it doesn't answer any of the problems so it's like this imaginary thing that they come up with yeah. It loses, I don't know. Right, you know, and it, just because you, you, you say you have good intentions doesn't mean you're going to get the result that, like, you say is going to happen. And we see that right. over and over and over again with lots of government policies. Like, you can say it's going to bring children and families back to your community, but nope, not if the incentives don't align. The, correct, and the incentives don't align. Well, people who have money want a new house, okay? That's a reality. So we have a fully subscribed development going in, which took – took years to get through the zoning and the zoning board of appeals because it was like based on the rules a quarter acre shy of the appropriate amount of land to have the number of developments that they wanted okay years this took okay and so now no that's what i'm talking about that's the problem with like the single family homes in rochester like just like a little bit thing like it's like oh you you need like 50 feet here and you did in this like little thing like okay but we could still build this you could just let us build this thing no instead tens of thousands of dollars like showing new plans and getting the approval of petty little tyrants and (laughs) thank you that's exactly it Oh my God, it's awful. It's just awful. And this guy's converting like an old broken down hotel with 6.75 acres into duplex style townhouses with plenty of yard space, with plenty of room and with access to a lake. And so they, 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 God, Kevin, you know, you're like, you try to explain it to him. You try to talk to him. You try to say, this is a good thing for our community. This is a good thing for Milford School. This is a good thing for Oneana School if the kids end up going to Oneana. Like, this is a yeah. good thing. And people want to, like, well, point at the rules. And, and I think there's some, like, undercurrent of jealousy, right? Like, this guy has money, and so they want to prevent him or they – he somehow owes them something. Yeah. Or they, well, yeah, it's funny. And like it. you'll see this on the left, like, oh, like the developers just want to make a profit, and I'm like, of course they do. That's why yeah. they're doing this. Like, sorry, like they're not. Bad thing. Come on, let, let's go back to our Adam Smith. The the baker isn't providing bread out of the goodness of his heart. He, well, what, what's the actual quote? You know this one. Yeah, uh, he's he's doing it so he 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 can make a living right that's what the developers are doing stuff i have no problem with developers making money like and some people are like, oh but like we need it to be affordable and like they're making too much money off of this i'm like if the city would just not subsidize them if the state would just not subsidize them that would be great i would love for them to just go in 
know what they can legally build because the rules are clear and simple and make sense. And then they can provide housing to folks and they make money off of it because they have provided a valuable service by building housing that people wanted. Instead, y'all make it way more expensive and then you try to add affordable housing elements and then that ends up making it more expensive because they have to revise their plans and then they have to subsidize the the affordable housing by charging more for the other apartments. And then people complain that those are above market rate apartments. And and now Rochester has one of the fastest rising rents (laughs) in the country because people want to live here, but like, weirdly enough, but like... uh, we can't build anything like it's, it's like one the authoritarian that... spiral now we need just need a strong man to come in and straighten all of these things out you know yeah. um and 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 but well because rents are rising we, we need to freeze them we need to have rent control in order oh to fix god. this problem oh my god yeah when, when uh gosh when people start doing that in rochester like it i feel like i'm gonna bust a, bust a blood vessel in my head i <laughs> i can't well look it it's it's and again like we've we've talked about we're we're pragmatic but also like we can't deny that the the absolute problem is the absolute problem and that's people are small-minded they're petty and and they're rule oriented and and those are the things that are destroying new york state and as as people leave we're stuck with a greater density of people that are small-minded and rule-oriented. And it's very, very unfortunate. Our friend Patty wants to just like bug out and build a Hobbit house. And I'm like, your Hobbit house will never pass code and you will never be able to get insurance on it ever. <laughs> like, yeah, if probably they, not. And, and if they don't even come out and tear it down on, on you because it won't fit. Like it's, it's this yeah. small mindedness, this kind of semi bigotry, this we've got to control our neighborhoods. It's like if you want to live in a controlled neighborhood, get rich and join a homeowners association in a gated community. If not, be cool and enjoy your neighbors, which I do. Yeah, I do, too. You know, it's, it's, it's a great thing. And I, and I like to see my neighborhood get more vibrant and have more stuff happening and have more businesses opening because i i for that <laughs> yeah you need i need exactly you know and i want businesses to go in i don't like it I've, I've talked about like you know the mechanic who had trouble opening a shop in in the neighborhood and and finally like after years he eventually gave up and uh someone else is trying to develop that property uh which still hasn't turned into anything yet but might eventually but we right. had like Someone wanted to bring a nice coffee shop to their neighborhood, a really like high-end coffee shop that I think would have been great. And it got shut down because, well, there might not be enough parking because like maybe we, because of, of the use of that coffee shop, it needs like whatever, like 10 parking spots. But there isn't 10 parking spots in that area because there's a part of the city that was built, you know, 120 years ago. Like it's, it, it just didn't exist then. So there's just not a big parking lot. So unless we're going to tear down a bunch of houses or tear down a bunch of like pre-existing buildings, like there's not going to be a parking lot. Can we, can we just I, let the business open? My, my brother was telling me something in Colorado. They, they, they wanted to build some, some like condominiums and it was like kind of government sponsored low income or, or subsidized housing. And they didn't, according to their rules, have enough parking spaces. So, they went and changed the dimensions of the parking spaces so that after they repainted them, they have plenty of parking. Like no one else can do that, but the government. And, Wild. and so what a ridiculous situation. Oh yeah. And it's, I mean, that's, it's a, it's a thing. It ends up like, and I get like, I'm not totally anti-parking. I, I know there's like some like urbanists and density advocates who are like, yeah, we should just abolish all parking. Like no people, people drive, they're going to drive the stuff. 
we want them to be able to right. drive into our neighborhoods. I get it. But uh, but also like some of the parking minimum stuff. I'm like, it, I just don't think everyone should have to be forced to put, you know, like three parking spots for every like 200 square feet of, you know, I, I don't remember what the exact yeah, number I, is, I, but I it, it, it's something like that. Right. You know, or like with apartments, it's like uh, 2.5 parking spots for every unit in some places. And yeah, it's a whole thing. Which then you end up with acres and acres of parking, even if you're building housing for folks who might not necessarily need it. Yeah. And, and so in, in conclusion, or not, maybe not in conclusion, but I, I just want to think, say that zoning is one more area where the government is promising to protect you from something that they can't really protect you from anyway. And so guys, less zoning and less adherence to, to rule oriented pencil pushing is going to benefit New York state. It was something that I advocated for in my, my campaign when I was running for New York state Senate. And I think it's a reality that, that we have to take a look at all of the rules that we have on the books. We have a town uh, to the, to the east of me that has basically an incoherent zoning plan. You could either, you can build every single thing that you want, or you really actually can't build anything. And, and nobody in the town is sure which, you know, like they're just yeah. like, what's, what's well, up? when you have vague laws, then it's, you know, up to the people and how much they like you at the time. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And again, like tiny homes, big thing. People would love to do them. And occasionally someone gets one through. Um, but like the, the only people that could actually build tiny homes again without any real conflict is the government. And so right, where did yes. they choose to build them? Right next to the freaking jail. And it's like the ugliest lot of land I have ever seen. I don't even think they finished them. Again, I bring it up pretty regularly because it's just this, this government fallacy in action of, hey, we need... Houses, tiny little houses by the jail. Jail, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it ends up happening in low-income neighborhoods or with developers who have connections with, uh, you know, the government, and yeah, it ends up being. But hey, a, we got a grant for most of it. Ooh, yeah, okay. right. And now, no, no, it's, it's really free if you think about it. I'm like, what? No, it's no, not free. No, the state paid free. for it. No, it's which not is free. still us. It's still, it's still taxpayers. Just um, so probably we should just kind of fade off. But I do want to point yeah. out that uh, sixty minutes has made it clear that Ray Epps is is not a Fed. <laughs> well, the case closing. Okay, honestly, I think about I think legit forty percent of the population is just like if if sixty minutes is saying he's not a Fed, he's definitely a freaking Fed. Period. That's it. I was kind of on the fence before, but now, thanks to 60 Minutes, just, just the total opposite. Yeah. No, like oh. that was like, hey, I, I, my, my position on that is like, I don't know, but if it came out that he was, I'd be like, yeah, it, yeah, right. I get it. You know, it's, it's believable. So look, PT's Bigglesworth. I, I'm the new advertising director for the Anheuser Busch brand. And I just want to be clear, guys, I got some secret weapons to make Bud Light popular again. And one of the things I'm sticking with, Clydesdales, cop cars, fire trucks, and I mean, Clydesdales. I, though, am a revolutionary new marketing concept for a really watery beer. I think I might pull in puppies, Kevin. I don't know. What do you think? Puppies. Wow. Innovator. I'm just saying. Cut this man a check. It's <laughs> this. If look, if we're not going to get the Carlson slot on Fox, we got to pre- we got to prepare. 
<laughs> that sort of marketing genius. How can we lose? I, 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 I'm, I'm 56. I haven't ever really won. <laughs> so, like, I, I don't know, bro. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, thank you, uh, PT Bigglesworth. Um, PT Bigglesworth. Big. See, get it, Bigglesworth, like big worth. <laughs> yeah. It's not All obvious. Right. <laughs> I needed right. to explain that. All right. Fair no, we're, 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 all right. We're, we're, we're going to call it a night, folks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for participating in the show. Have a great night. Man, my dome is shiny. Whew. That's why I wear a hat. <laughs>